Every 10-ish weeks on Rule Breaker Investing, I pick five stocks for you. I'll generally choose a theme. I'll look across my active universe of stock picks, presently numbering about 225 companies, choose five that I think will beat the market, and in so doing, give you a free sample, a sampler of what we do in my services, Motley Fool Stock Advisor and Motley Fool Rule Breakers. And History will show that not only do we bash the market averages silly in those services, but history will also show that my five-stock samplers have been pretty special themselves, almost always beating the market. So, we're about to crank it all up again. Yep, the band's back together, the opening act is finishing up, and I've chosen my theme. But, my theme is a secret this time around. Maybe you can guess it. I'll give it away at the end of the podcast, but I want to keep you guessing because beyond just which five stocks I'm about to pick lurks a great lesson that I'm going to share with you this week coming out of the theme at the end of the show. Five stocks shrouded in mystery only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. And to get $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com, that's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and enter the FOOL75 promo code. That's Molecule.com, and use the promo code FOOL75. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. I'm delighted that you're joining with me. Thank you very much for suffering a fool gladly. We take your time seriously. Uh, Time is, after all, more important than money, I think. Now, World of Warcraft, if you ever played that game, I remember one of the goblins' recurring statements when you went, I think you shopped from this little goblin somewhere in World of Warcraft, but he said, Time is money, friend. That's one of the more memorable lines that I remember from Blizzard's wonderful World of Warcraft game. And I don't mean to be talking about it in the past tense either, because World of Warcraft has millions of active users today and continues to power Activision Blizzard, which had a pretty disappointing 2018 as a stock, especially the end of the year, like so much of the market. But I look forward to good things from that company in the next five plus years. The only real term that matters to me, which is the long term. I was reminded of the importance of saying that when on Twitter in the past week, there was a good exchange about just what CNBC can do to people with their money. And in my experience, uh, there are certainly positives, and I'm going to mention them right now. I, I, I love that there's a television cable network that's dedicated to the stock market and to finance. Um, and it's not just one, there are several. And I think that's tremendous um, because the more awareness there is of the economy, of our stock markets, of capitalism, the more appreciation there is for businesses, for some of these great CEOs, these visionaries that have created companies, whether we're talking about Apple or Tesla, so many companies of our time, the more light that is shined on those by a television network, among other things, I say bully to that, along with Teddy Roosevelt, bully to that. And yet, we have to watch out also for what can happen, which is, since these are television networks and it's all about ratings, it's natural that the stars of the shows in financial TV will usually be people who are very short-term focused and who change their opinions a lot, because it's much more exciting to tune in if you know that 
the source of your advice or somebody, a Wall Street analyst or a television personality, is going to keep changing their minds, it makes it even more exciting to follow what they're going to say tonight. And so, in a natural grab for ratings, you end up with very short-term focused television that has no memory for what it was saying a week or a year before. And that's at direct odds with the internet and why I love the internet and why The Motley Fool exists not as a television network, but an internet platform, because the internet has a memory. And I love that we hold ourselves accountable for every stock we've ever picked at The Motley Fool. You can see our full track record transparently. Any member can look through all the best and worst stocks I've ever picked. Now, last week was my pleasure to feature David's Biggest Losers, Volume 4. So, you know that I enjoy talking about my losers, but I also enjoy talking about my winners. And I try to generate far more winners than losers. And that's kind of the purpose of this week's podcast, certainly. But just to close it out on CNBC, I'm reminded that it's important for me, especially here at the start of the year, still in January, with people's New Year's resolutions hanging in the balance It's important for me to remind you that it's not about this week or this month or this quarter for your company or this year for the markets or the economy. It's really about the next five plus years or at least three plus years, which is kind of my minimum holding period when I make a stock pick on this podcast or certainly in Motley Fool Rule Breakers and Motley Fool Stock Advisors. So, wanted to make sure that I double underline the importance of the only term that matters, the long term, the danger of extreme short-term focuses on that very galvanic, dynamic medium of television, which tends to get so many people's attention with its visuals. And so, as we proceed through this, the 189th Rule Breaker Investing podcast consecutively one week to the next, yeah, I wanted to say that. A few housekeeping notes. First of all, this podcast was not done this week. I think a lot of my regular listeners know that we tape on Tuesday afternoons and then it comes out to you on Wednesday afternoons, East Coast time here in the United States of America. But this particular day, when you're hearing this, it's very likely, I sure hope I'm floating, because if not, then my boat sunk. But I'm probably floating somewhere in the Caribbean as you listen to this, because I got a wonderful invite from a friend with a small boat, invited a few couples, and I'm really looking forward to my time in the Caribbean. Now, one of the things that my friend said to me made me really happy. He said, make sure you bring games, bring board games, because we're going to play games on this cruise. So, among my avid gaming listeners, you might be interested to note that I'm bringing along Terraforming Mars, which probably has rarely been played on boats in the Caribbean, so this this might be a first. Uh, Viticulture, because uh, I know there will be a bottle of wine or two on this cruise. So I thought Viticulture, which is a wonderful Jamie Stegmeyer, Stonemeyer Games game, uh, seems apt. And both of those are really wonderful strategy games, by the way. I do want to mention Jamie Stegmeyer was a past interviewee on this podcast. Just Google Stonemeyer Games Rule Breaker Investing, and you can hear me interview the wonderful Jamie Stegmeyer. Anyway, that's a side note. So, This is all a long way of saying, housekeeping note number one, that the stocks I'm presenting to you today, I'm going to give the prices where they are last week when I did this, but who knows how the world has changed in the intervening seven days. Of course, as we track the prices and performance of these, and I report back to you a year from now and after that, I'll have the accurate prices as of Wednesday, February 23rd's market close. So that's housekeeping note number one. Number two is that next week's podcast is mailbag. Now I'm already kind of rubbing my hands together because we've got some great mailbag items already. So I almost don't need to appeal for any new emails 
or tweets. But if you'd like to email us and possibly appear on next week's Rule Breaker Investing Mailbag, again, the email address is rbi at fool.com, and you can tweet us on Twitter at, at RBI Podcast. So I'll be featuring your mailbag next week. The poetry of Rule Breaker Investing, the way I closed out the final mailbag of 2018, apparently has inspired more poetry. So I'm really excited to share at least one fine new entry in Rule Breaker Investing poetry with you on next week's mailbag. All right, enough talk, right? We're here to pick some stocks. Let's get to it. Now, every one of the five stocks I'm presenting to you this podcast is an existing pick in a Motley Fool service. That's always true of all of my five stock samplers. After all, that's what makes it a sampler. Just like when you go to Whole Foods and they give you a free, just little spot of cheese right out front, and you can grab it and see, hmm, okay, I do like Stilton cheese. I think I'll, I think I'll order a little bit. Well, that's what I'm doing with this podcast. Is I'm just nudging forward a few of the stocks for you to sample from our services. Every one of these is a winner. Everyone has made money for Motley Fool members. Um, I do feature losers. <laughs> Last week's podcast would be a pretty good example of that. But for this particular list, shrouded in mystery in terms of what the theme is, each of these, I'm happy to say, has already made money for Motley Fool members. The first stock we're going to feature this week, the ticker symbol is CRI. The company is Carter's. Now, Carter's is a children and infant clothes company. I think a lot of you, especially here in America, but this is an international company as well, will recognize the Carter's brand. They have stores. They have Oshkosh Bagosh, Oshkosh. They've got that brand of clothing. This is one of those forever companies, right? Your parents probably bought clothes for you from Carter's. You might have done so for your kids, and their kids will likely do for their kids. That's one of the things that I like about this company. Now, Carter's, again, the ticker symbol is CRI. The market cap for Carter's is $3.6 billion as I tape here the afternoon of Wednesday, February 16th. And since we've lived through a pretty stiff recent market sell off for this stock and each of them, I'll be mentioning the high, the 52 week high in the past 52 weeks, and then let you know where the stock is now as we tape. So, one year ago, Carter's hit a high of $125 a share, or thereabouts, in January of 2018. So here we are, one year later, it's at 78 So again, this is a company that I really like, and it's 38% cheaper than it was a year ago. This is a company with 800-plus stores, but also has international business. 14% of sales come from international. This company does its own e-commerce. An interesting dynamic of Carter's is that right now, e-commerce, when it sells its stuff on its online store, actually makes less profit per dollar, a lower profit margin than just sales in its stores. Usually, you expect the reverse. You would think that e-commerce would be very efficient, and the more e-commerce a company like Carter's can do, the more money it'll make. But the truth is, for where they are right now in the narrative arc of their company, the shipping and the fulfillment costs cost them enough that it's actually a lower cents on the dollar profit for them to do e-commerce than regular commerce. But to that end, the company is closing down some of its stores. Those outlet malls, some of those outlet centers that aren't as popular these days, the strip malls, it's closing down 100 plus of its 800 stores in the next three years. 
including the majority of those in the next year. Now, the price of cotton was also up double digits last year in 2018. So, all of these factors conspired to give Carter's a pretty bad year in 2018, as I mentioned, down 38% from where it was a year ago. Not only that, but it has expanded into China, and it's a money-losing effort so far in China. It had its e-commerce business in China split from its commerce business, and it's now reorganizing that so that the Chinese entity is a holistic commercial machine, but presently losing money. So, as a consequence, in its most recent quarter reported, which was the September quarter, we haven't heard yet the year-end quarter, but the most recent quarter reported, all the numbers came in below the Wall Street estimates, and perhaps even slightly worse, below the company's own guidance to Wall Street. So, these are all reasons that, in the very short term, Carter's has been a real underperformer. But, we're not looking backward, right? I'm picking this stock today, looking forward for the next three plus years, because I think that Carter's is one of those companies that is just smart. They're well managed. They got it all going on, whether we're talking about their own stores, e commerce, and international. And while they had some headwinds in 2018, this is one of those longer term players that is going to make you money as an investor. Of the stocks I'm featuring this week, this is actually the worst performer. I said all of them have made our members money, but in the case of Carter's, it's only up 15% since I first picked it in April of 2014. So you've waited almost five years only to make 15% gain when the market's up more like 50%. So Carter's has been an underperformer, although all of that really just coming from a bad 2018. This was a very fine performer in its first several years in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. I trust by picking it this week that it'll be a very fine performer, I hope, over the next three plus years. So stock number one, Carter's. Stock number two. This one comes from Motley Fool Rule Breakers. This is a NASDAQ company. The ticker symbol is ELLI. It's Ellie Mae. Now, Ellie Mae runs the Encompass mortgage platform. So, if you're in the lending industry as a mortgage lender, you're very likely using their Encompass platform. It's helping you originate more loans, it's lowering your cost, it's reducing your time to close. And it's helping you make smarter decisions. And that's why the Encompass platform is the industry leader, and in large part why I'm selecting Ellie Mae as stock number two this week. Now, back to the theme of how bad has it been recently? Well, in June, this company made a high of over $115 a share, and today it's at $69. So this is a stock that is 40% lower than where it was. Just seven months ago, Ellie Mae it has a market cap of about two and a half billion dollars. So, a few things to say about Ellie Mae. The stock, by the way, has more than doubled since we first picked it in Rule Breakers in 2012, but it is actually down over the last three years. It's down a few percentage points from where it was three years ago. So, long term outperformer, shorter term underperformer, certainly. Rising interest rates, which was one of the themes of 2018, that's always going to hurt the stock market, but it's especially going to hurt a company like Ellie Mae because things like the refinance business, refi doesn't make quite as much sense when interest rates are going up, and nor, frankly, do just new home purchases. The higher the cost of borrowing to buy a home, of course, the fewer homes are going to sell. So, a company like Ellie Mae is going to suffer twice. From bad interest rates. People flee stocks when interest rates go up, and they especially flee mortgage platform stocks. But this company, as I mentioned, is a clear leader. It put out a press release in November just a couple months ago saying something interesting. 
Ellie Mae announced it's moving all of its business to Amazon Web Services, so moving over to the Amazon Cloud. Now, no doubt, because the company's going to have to rebuild some of its core apps to work on AWS, Amazon Web Services. There are probably going to be some costs and a little bit of negative friction to making that big move, but I think most smart businesses these days are doing business with Amazon Web Services, so I certainly view that as a long-term positive, but shorter-term negative. So, they're kind of like was the case for Carter's and a few of these other stocks. Not all of them, though. If you're guessing the theme is stocks that have lost a lot since 2018, you're wrong. Good guess, though, because it's true of a number of these, but not all of them. But Ellie Mae, certainly that 40% drop in the last seven months, I think we've kind of covered why that's in large part happened to Ellie Mae. So, stock number two, ticker symbol ELLI, Ellie Mae. Which brings us to stock number three. The ticker symbol is IPGP. It is also a NASDAQ company, and yes, it's also a Motley Fool Rule Breakers pick, and it's IPG Photonics. Now, IPG Photonics was started in 1990 by a Russian immigrant to the United States of America, Valentin Gaponsev, and Gaponsev, as a CEO, has done a spectacular job over the last 29 years building a multi-billion dollar business premised, since he's an engineer, on some of his own intellectual property moving the world toward fiber lasers, away from what I'll just call legacy lasers. So, there are lots of uses, especially industrially these days, of lasers. And while I'm the opposite of an engineer myself, I think a lot of you know I'm an English major, but I'm a humanities person who tries to learn a little bit about everything. Fiber lasers are basically the classic disruptive innovation in this particular industry, this particular technology, because they're better and they're cheaper. A devastating one-two punch if you're going to introduce a new product or service to market. Netflix, same thing, better and cheaper. right? So, too, the fiber lasers from IPG Photonics, which these days are used in many different industries, certainly the materials processing industries, industrials, medical, uh, even movie theater operators will recognize the benefits of lasers for their screens. So, IPG Photonics is one of those wonderful long-term performers, but it had a horrible second half of 2018. In fact, the high for the stock was $260 a share in June, and now it's about $128 as I tape this podcast, down more than half in just the last seven months. Now, if you were to use your favorite charting tool on the internet to look at stock charts, it might be the Apple, the, the Stocks app on your Apple iPhone, or it might be at fool.com if you're looking at our page for IPG Photonics or Yahoo Finance. Whatever you like to look at stock charts on, take a look at IPGP and look at it over the last 10 years. It's a pretty spectacular view. The stock 10 years ago was somewhere around $10 a share, so for it to be at $128 today is really inspiring, and yet it was at it was almost 270 just seven months ago. So you see this incredible run up, a huge mountain, and then a dr- dramatic drop just at the very end in the last six or seven months. So this is why I think we're being very opportunistic right now to select IPG Photonics as stock number three in this week's five stock sampler. And in fact, one of my favorite longtime fools who helps cover IPG Photonics on our discussion boards, Jay Newman, CMF Jay New. 
Jason wrote this a few months ago. He wrote, taking the decades-long view here as I'm wont to do, he wrote, I'm going to consider adding to my position here, given that this top dog continues to lead the pack and the impact of lasers on manufacturing, materials processing, and other dynamic and diverse applications continues to be meaningful and growing. In other words, he concludes, the thesis is intact and forces outside the company's control seem to be having an outsized impact on performance relative to the market's short-term concerns. End quote. Thank you, Jason. It's worth pointing out, and this is really important, the biggest market for IPG photonics is not the United States of America, it's China. China represents almost half of its sales. So you can imagine, as the trade war heated up in 2018, how unfavorably the market viewed IPG Photonics' position. And while certainly that represents a headwind even today here at the start of 2019, I think the market has already over-adjusted its over-bearish view of IPG Photonics. And I wouldn't be surprised if the trade war ends up being a little shorter term than most people are expecting. I don't think that we're entering a new global environment of tariffs for everybody and a huge trade war. I think this is a shorter term phenomenon than the market does and that most pundits seem to think. We'll see who's right about that. But my money's where my mouth is, as always, because this is one of our stock picks and rule breakers, and I just picked it for you here on this sampler. All right, it's about halftime, so. This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule, with a K, is the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. You might be one yourself. I bet you know some if you're not one yourself. I sure do. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science for our suffering friends that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Molecule makes a real difference for asthma and allergy sufferers who can now better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. One customer reportedly said after using Molecule in her home, she was able, quote, to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years, end quote. It's easy to use. It has a clean and sleek design from the materials used on the device, like its sleek, solid aluminum shell, to a filter subscription service where filters regularly arrive on your doorstep when you need them. And to get $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E. Dot com and enter the FOOL75 promo code. That's Molecule.com and use the promo code FOOL75. All right. Well, some of my longest time listeners might start being able to guess what our theme is for this five-stock sampler. And yet, I still think it's really hard to guess. So, if you are one of my longtime listeners, don't feel too bad if you can't figure out how these five stocks relate to each other and what is shrouded, what mystery is shrouding the underlying theme. All right, stock number four. This is also a NASDAQ stock, also drawn from Motley Fool Rule Breakers. The ticker symbol is MELI. The company is Mercado Libre. Probably one of my favorite companies, one of our best stock picks long-term in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. First picked it on February 18th of 2009. Boy, does that sound like almost 10 years ago, almost to the day. Yup. The stock was at $14.13 back then. Today, it's at about $349. So, $14 to $350. We'll round it. $15 to $350. That ain't too bad. That's a 24-bagger since that 
Motley Fool Rule Breaker stock pick 10 years ago, but since then, I've picked it three more times, re-recommending it over and over, and that has gone on to make our members a four-bagger, a three-bagger, and most recently, I picked it in April of 2017. It's up 49% from there, with the market up 12%. Four-time pick, beating the market every single time, and really crushing the market if you dial it out over time. But that's all in the past. Right? And we're talking about this stock this week because we're talking about it going forward. I think it's going to beat the market once again going forward from here. The company's market cap today is $15.6 billion, so right about $16 billion. And since I've been underlining what the 52 week highs for each of these stocks were, I'll tell you that in March of last year, Mercado Libre hit its all time high at about 415 today. It's at 346. So it's dropped about $70 a share. That equates to 17%. So not dramatically lower from where it was, but still, you're getting a nice 17% off sale if you opt to buy some or some more Mercado Libre this week. Let me just simply say that one of my favorite tests of whether I want to buy a stock or not, I've talked about it a bunch of times here on Rule Breaker Investing in the Past, I know I'll mention it in the future, is my snap test. If you snap your fingers and overnight the company that you're thinking about buying shares in disappears, the snap test simply asks you, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? And companies that pass the snap test, a lot of people would notice and many people would be seriously distraught, would really care. That's my way of saying that some of our best stock picks, you're picking companies whose products and services are integral, maybe to your life, but certainly to the lives of the people in your own country or around the globe. I love companies that pass the SNAP test because it tells me they're having real impact in this world. And it especially guides me into companies early stage like Amazon, which I picked way back in the day, because I realized if you snapped your fingers, even back early in the day, while other people were saying, they'll never make money, they'll go bankrupt, I was saying, I snapped my fingers, and I can only imagine how many people would be upset around me if they couldn't order Amazon or Amazon Prime anymore. Uh, it's been true of Netflix. It's been true of some of my greatest stock picks. They always get a huge A-plus for the snap test, and I believe that Mercado Libre represents that within Latin America. This is the e-commerce leader and I'll continue to pick this stock probably over and over through the years because I love that area of the world. I believe the emerging middle class. I believe, even though there's some horribly run governments in some of the countries of Latin America, in general, I'm an optimist. I see things getting better overall, longer term, and uh, and I think there's going to be a real enlightenment moment for that area of the world, recognizing the beauty of capitalism well practiced. I believe that socialism and other crazy stuff will decline in that area of the world. Uh, there will be more and more wealth, and Mercado Libre will be helping, as it already has, to lead that charge. So I love this stock, love the company, stock number four, ticker symbol MELI. Which brings me to stock number five. The ticker symbol is PLNT, and of all of these companies, this has been the best performer in the last few years, which would surprise a lot of people because often you'd expect, well, it's probably some software company or maybe some biotech company that hit rich in the last few years. It must be some high tech company out of these five stocks that's been the best performer in the last few years, but nope, it's Planet Fitness. 
The ticker symbol again, PLNT, Planet Fitness, worth about $6 billion today. The stock, what was its 52-week low? $59 a share. That occurred just a few days ago. In other words, of these five companies, Planet Fitness is at or near new highs. It has surged over the last several years from the teens up to 58 when I tape today. It is a four-bagger in just the last few years. And this is the company that's democratizing wellness, health, and exercise. I mean, these are the guys that, in contrast to many local gyms, offer a very low initiation fee, a low monthly fee. And this time of year, a lot of people have made a commitment to being healthier. So I bet Planet Fitness is having a great quarter here to start 2019. But I really like this company because it has a brand that everybody recognizes, and it's it's a lower price service, and it really can go mainstream as clearly it has over these last several years. So, Planet Fitness, I make my fifth stock pick to close out my list of five stocks this week. And now, I just want to close with what was our theme? And what's the mystery behind these five stock picks, which I'm picking for the next three-plus years going forward? Here's the reveal that some of you, I hope, have been waiting for. One of the first five stock samplers I did back when we started doing this podcast was done Three years ago this month, February 2016. And guess which five stocks I picked in February of 2016? I think you may have guessed it. These five stocks. Yup. My secret is that these five stocks were the exact same five that I featured three years ago this month in my sampler. Feel free to go back and listen to that podcast if you like. I did in preparation for this this one. It was five stocks to feed the bear. Now, you might be wondering, five stocks to feed the bear? February 2016, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. Over the previous three months before that podcast, Apple, Amazon, and Disney had all lost 20% or more of their value in just the three months leading up to that podcast. And my personal portfolio had lost 25% of its value in the two months before I did that podcast three years ago, pretty much this week. In fact, I was wearing a red sweater to do that podcast. And I was saying, anybody watching the video of this podcast, you see me with a big red sweater because that's how I feel blood all over me and my portfolio in these last few months. And I said at the time, I doubt the market's going to stay down long. And I doubt companies like Apple, Amazon, and Disney are going to stay down very long. Now, I'm certainly not a short-term market prognosticator, and I don't really make market calls. After all, each year, I start the year by saying, I think the market's going to be up this year. Turns out I'm right more often than not, but I don't really take much effort or pride in my market calls. However, I'm happy to say that those five stocks that I've just shared with you today were spectacular over the last three years. In fact, in a few weeks, it's going to be February 13th. That week, I'm going to review that five-stock sampler, five stocks to feed the bear. I'm actually going to do that with two others, because I have a few different five-stock samplers to score with you that week. But having already peeked ahead, and feel free to do the same yourself, you're going to see that a couple of the stocks I just shared with you today that I picked three years ago were laggards. Uh, one of them did okay, and two of them were amazing. I think you probably already recognize that Planet Fitness was one of them. But what I wanted to close with you this week was a reflection on how similar February 2016 was to my feeling here in February 2019. After all, companies like Apple, Amazon, and Disney 
all have lost quite a bit from their highs earlier in the year, as have the five stocks I featured in this five stock sampler. And my own portfolio is well down from where it was in 2018 at its highs, which is perhaps just another reminder that there's nothing new under the sun. We've been there before. We're here again. We'll be there again in future. But as I've often said, the stock market always goes down faster than it goes up, but it always goes up more than it goes down. And when you and I have taken the time and effort to save money and actually invest it and put it into great companies, which is always a risk because there's no sure thing in the stock market or in life, and then we get the kinds of rewards that we've consistently earned by investing capital F foolishly, using time as our great weapon against all the short-term thinkers and players out there in the market, well, I think, in a nutshell, that's why we have consistently won. That's why you and I will win. Winners win. So, now you know the mystery. Really, the mystery theme is, I'm going to go with mailing it in. Because I basically mailed it in. I didn't think too hard about what five new stocks might be. I just looked at what I'd picked three years ago this month, and I decided to re-pick it. I kind of mailed it in. Now, I do believe in these companies. I didn't mail it in too much. I'm putting these forward with my track record on the line, as always, saying, I think these are going to be market beaters, but I think the lesson that might lurk behind the mystery of the mystery is that sometimes you and I don't have to always be as active and put in as much hard work and effort as we think. One of the ironies of the stock market is, in other areas of life, we think the harder we work, the better we'll do. But sometimes, when it comes to your money, not working, in quotes, hard, not jumping in and jumping out and overthinking things and overacting, but actually just kind of mailing it in, ironically, perhaps, might well help you do better. I've always enjoyed thinking about this pairing in life. Hey, you could either work hard or work smart. And I've said to friends around me, I'll take work smart every time. I like working smart. And working smart in the stock market sometimes means not working that hard at all. I will mention we have a new employee, Anna, Anna, who is from Croatia, and a wonderful new employee here at The Motley Fool. I had coffee with her the other day. She said, what's my Motley? That is, what's the value she brings to The Motley Fool every day? She said, it's work smart. And I said, what do you mean by that? And it was kind of great. She said, you, work, you can work hard and smart. Work smart. So, I will admit that I think Anna has a better line than I do about which is the best way to work. Work smart. But in this particular case, with our mystery theme of mailing it in, I hope it proves its point. We'll see how these stocks do next three plus years. All right. Well, next week, as I mentioned earlier, it's your mailbag. RBI at fool.com is our email address at RBI Podcast. You can tweet us on Twitter. I look forward to featuring and reacting to your good stuff. In the meantime, well, maybe look for an opportunity or two to mail it in this week. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com. 